0: Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Friday, January 20th, and we start, as always, with local news. Summertown Republican Kip Capley was officially sworn in as a member of the Tennessee House of Representatives on Tuesday, January 10th. Kip Capley took the oath of office during the first legislative day of the 113th General Assembly. He was elected in November to represent House District 71, which includes all of Wayne and part of Hardin, Lawrence and Murray counties. It is an incredible honor to serve the citizens of House District 71, Capley said. I'm committed to protecting our freedoms, defending our values, and doing whatever I can to address the issues facing our community. Together, we can ensure Tennessee is the best place to live, work, and raise a family for generations to come, he said. At age 25, Capley is the youngest member of the General Assembly. General Motors says it was deliberately slow with the launch of the 2023 Cadillac Lyric as it encountered and fixed problems in the new electric vehicle. Now it has a stockpile of about 500 new 2023 Lyric's built and parked at Spring Hill Assembly that GM said it will start shipping to dealers this week. Tens of thousands of customers are waiting for the Lyric they ordered nearly a year ago and wondering what the holdup is as dealers struggle to provide an answer. GM opened the order banks for the Lyric on May 19th of 2022, but stopped taking orders in two hours, saying the Lyric sold out. GM will not say how many Lyric's constituted sold out, but GM told suppliers last year to prepare to produce 25,000 Lyric's. Earlier in the year, GM's luxury brand reported having about 233,000 handraisers, people who express interest but do not put any money down. Yet GM reported last week it delivered to customers a mere 122 lyrics for the entire year. Cadillac spokesman Michael Albano acknowledged there have been some software glitches on some of the first lyrics built and problems with a trim panel, <coughs> excuse me, trim panel on the rear lift gate. But he said those issues have been resolved. He added that production will increase this year. With every launch, no matter the vehicle, there are learnings and other items that we fix along the way, Albano said in an email to the Detroit Free Press. We are constantly making improvements in the build process, materials, and software, he said. Albano said the reason so few lyrics have yet to make it to customers is because we deliberately ramp up Cadillac lyric production slowly and methodically last year to ensure quality for our customers. Looking ahead, we will continue to ramp up production in 2023 in order to meet the strong demand for Lyric. In September, GM recalled 186 lyrics for problems with the vehicle's infotainment screen, according to published reports at the time. In October, GM put out a fix to address a problem related to cracking in the liftgate panel, according to GM Authority. The Lyric is the cornerstone of Cadillac's future because it is the first EV to enter the brand's lineup, which GM vows will be entirely electric by the end of the decade. GM has said all its brands will be all-electric by 2035. The car is so important to Cadillac that dealers who have received some of the 122 delivered last year said Cadillac will not allow them to deliver it to the buyer until Cadillac engineers and specialists inspect it and teach service technicians how to service it. Also, in an unprecedented move by an automaker, GM recruited early customers to help it study the car. As first reported by the free press, GM gave some customers a discount of $5,500 on the 2023 Lyric in exchange for them signing a non-disclosure agreement on the vehicle and agreeing to let GM track how they use it. That move raised concerns at the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration that the NDA might inhibit someone from reporting safety issues with the agency, prompting GM to write the participating customers clarifying that they are not prohibited from reporting any concern to NHTSA or any other entity. Now that Cadillac has been smoothing out any initial kinks, analysts say it's crucial they get it going to market faster. The vehicle was supposed to have a halo effect on Cadillac and technically GM in general, said Ivan Drury, director of insights at Edmunds.com. Haven't heard anything about why all those reservations haven't converted into sales, but production issues make the most sense. Hopefully, their more mass-market 2023 EV launches go a bit smoother, he wrote. GM's Albano declined to say how many lyrics the automaker has made to date other than to say there are about 500 parked at GM's Spring Hill assembly plant where the vehicle is made. We do have vehicles at Spring Hill and they will be shipped to customers very soon, Albano said, adding that the parked vehicles are not waiting for any parts and can start shipping this week. We have intentionally been managing the process to ensure quality for our customers, which remains our top priority, Albano said. We are confident in our process. Next door to Spring Hill Assembly, GM's joint venture with LG Energy Solution, Altium Cells LLC, is building a battery plant that will start supplying cells for the Lyric when it starts running later this year. That battery production is expected to help boost EV production at the assembly plant. The vehicle production forecasting experts at Auto Forecast Solutions expect production of the Lyric will not top 1,422 units for 2022, though they have not yet received the final production data for the year. Through October, GM claims Spring Hill production of 366 units, with the expectation of 166 more in November and 890 in December, said Sam Fiorani, Vice President of Global Vehicle Forecasting at Auto Forecast Solutions. Production in China, however, is claimed to be in the 2,000 unit per month range since June, he added. The Lyric isn't the only EV that GM is slowly rolling out, Fiorani said. GM built... 1,025 of the GMC Hummer EV pickup between January through October of 2022 with nothing planned in November and December. The Hummer is built at Factory Zero in Detroit in Hamtramck. Meanwhile, GM is asking the U.S. Treasury to reconsider classification of the Lyric to allow it to qualify for federal tax credits, said Matt Ybarra, GM spokesman. Most automakers view the availability of tax credits as strong selling points for EVs, in this case, the Treasury and IRS do not classify the Lyric as an SUV, which means its retail price cannot exceed $55,000 to qualify for up to $7,500 in federal tax credits. The Lyric starts at $62,990. The rules say SUVs can be priced at up to $80,000 to qualify for the tax credit, while cars, sedans, and wagons have a price ceiling of 55000 In determining how vehicles should be classified, Treasury should leverage existing U.S. government definitions and practices using criteria and processes similar to that used by the Environmental Protection Agency and the Department of Energy, Ybarra said in a statement. GM said following the existing government guidelines would create consistency and provide clarity for consumers when using EPA and DOE resources such as fueleconomy.gov. We are addressing these concerns with Treasury and hope that forthcoming guidance on vehicle classifications will provide the needed clarity to consumers and dealers, as well as regulators and manufacturers, Ybarra said. Treasury spokesperson Ashley Shapiro said this comment is an email and it sent this comment to in an email to the free press in reaction to GM's concerns in determining how vehicles should be classified. The administration used CAFE standards, which are pre-existing and long-standing, EPA regulations that manufacturers are very familiar with. These standards offer clear criteria for deline- delineating between cars and SUVs. GM Ybarra said it does not have a timeline for when it would like Treasury to amend the classification, but it is important to provide the needed clarity for consumers and dealers ASAP, he said. Frigid sub-zero degree weather around Christmas generated enough an emergency to motivate many across the city to help those threatened by the deadly cold nights, like cabin coffee owner Brad Harib. Harib recently joined in a community call to action to help the homeless survive dangerously cold weather lasting from December 22nd through the 26th. Harib and his staff accepted funds at the coffee shop to purchase hotel rooms to help a united effort spearheaded by the nonprofit organization Crossroads to Home Coalition. Crossroads to Home Coalition, formed in 2018, is comprised of faith, civic, nonprofit, business, and other community leaders to address the growing needs of the homeless in Murray County. The business owner said he sees people who need help around Columbia on a regular basis. We have these four guys on a regular basis who are homeless, Harib said. We give them coffee. We knew we needed to help and to get the word out. The response was overwhelming, according to Harib. We had to shut down requests for more money because we had so many coming in so fast, he said. I had to put my phone down. Some brought shoes and various other items, Harib said. At the end of the day, there was enough left from paying for rooms for folks to use the extra for food and gift cards. Harib said one of his regular visitors, an older man named Vernon, told him that as far back as he could remember, this was one of the best Christmases he ever had. On a daily basis, Harib noticed that the many things we often take for granted, like a hot shower, warm bed, or soft pillow, were the most cherished gifts for those struggling. Cabin Coffee wasn't the only one helping out there during the most recent single-digit cold snap around the Christmas holiday, as individuals, churches, and organizations banded together to provide those and other gifts with emergency shelter for those in Columbia with no permanent roof. The bottom line is lives were saved, Pam Sanders, manager of the nonprofit organization's Crossroads to Home Cafe, said. So many came together for the greater good to help families, children, and anyone they could. It takes a village to withstand adversity and overcome differences to make a difference and save lives, and we thank everyone who helped, she said. Located on Galloway Street in Columbia, the coalition's mission is to be a help by partnering with other organizations to make the coalition stronger with its organized efforts. Throughout the year, CTHC hosts a number of helpful events from food and clothing drives to inviting the Murray Regional Mobile Health Unit to help with basic health needs. Their website has detailed lists of needs for this time of year, with lunch meat, chips, bottled water, fruit cups, and juice boxes, and shelf-safe milk. Needs other than food include the kinds of items that may be needed for those without shelter, like backpacks, blankets, sleeping bags, tents, coats, and other winter clothing. A simple pair of socks could be the most valuable gift for some displaced folks. Detailing just a portion of this gesture of holiday compassion from the city, Sanders shared that nearly 100 nights of rooms were provided for 44 guests who faced the elements when temperatures plunged to near zero degrees for a several-day period just before the holiday. Mobile nurse for Murray Regional Medical Center Lori Berglund teamed up with Sanders to compile a list of anyone they knew who had no shelter and provide services through the mobile health unit on site. Look what this community has done and their generosity, Berglund said. So many stood behind Crossroads to Home Coalition and helped. I am grateful to them for helping funnel community support for so many. Sanders stated in a press release that Berglund went above and beyond with her support network to assist many in need get out of the cold. It was a long list of people who were sleeping in the woods or in vehicles, Sanders said. People who had families, children. The thought of these families out there was scary. It didn't matter their situation. I thought we just need to get bodies off the streets. In total, for five freezing days, the coalition raised nearly $4,000 for emergency accommodations and spent over $5,500 on hotel rooms for 44 guests, the release stated. Area churches, including Murray Hills, Riverside Methodist Church, The Well Church, McCain's Church, First Cumberland Presbyterian, Room in the Inn, Carmack Church of Christ, Richland Inn of Columbia, Baymont Hotel, Hotel O, and others pitched in to help. Over the five days, 102 room nights were made available during the cold spell at Richland Inn, Baymont Inn, Columbia Inn, and Hotel O. Currently, Columbia does not have an emergency shelter for those experiencing homelessness, While the hope would be that the number of rooms provided by Room in the Inn would be a significant help, the reality is that it takes money to secure those rooms and the number of available rooms has dropped at times. During the summer, Room in the Inn had close to 10 rooms but is now in regular operation with only a few, though Columbia Inn owner Paresh Patel temporarily helps the ministry by, by providing additional rooms at the Inn for extreme situations. Every effort is made to find a solution, as Reverend Jeff King demonstrates with his Room in the In Columbia ministry team with two annual fundraising community events in 2022. Kane reminds those who wish to help that $50 will buy one person a room for an evening, and it could be just the gesture that sets that person on a new path to finding a new life. Giving continues on the CTHC website, crossroads to The organization is open from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on weekdays. For those interested in in becoming a crossroads-to-home partner, you can call 931-446-3854. Columbia's own collegiate softball doubleheader, the Mid-State Classic, is back for the seventh year on March 15th at Ridley Sports Complex, one of the top recreational complexes in the state. The annual classic is hosted by the City of Columbia. This year's Mid-State Classic will feature the University of Tennessee Lady Volunteers facing off against the Austin Peay State University Governors at 5.30 p.m. The opening game will be at Columbia State Community College versus Motlow Community College beginning earlier in the day at 1 p.m. Tickets are $10 each and will be sold exclusively online at www.columbiatn.com forward slash Mid-State Classic. There will be no tickets sold at the gate. There will be food trucks on site, parking is free, and coolers and lawn chairs are prohibited in the park. I am so excited about this year's Mid-State Classic between the Tennessee Lady Vols and Austin Peay State University Govs, said Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder. Once again, Columbia serves as the host site for one of the most highly attended softball games in the state. And once again, Ridley Sports Complex will serve as a showcase venue for the event. Most of all, I am proud of our team at the Parks and Recreation Department for their good work in putting on this event every year and helping our youth, in particular young girls in our community, see firsthand a collegiate sporting event played, being played in our community at a very high level, he said. For more information regarding the tournament and ticket sales, you can call 931-388-8119 or visit www.columbiatn.com forward slate. Forward slash mid state classic. Join Murray Alliance on January 31st at 5 p.m. for their most anticipated event of the year as they celebrate their 2022 accomplishments and recognize the transition of their volunteer leadership. This will be a lively night of entertainment and networking celebrating business and industry in Murray County with dinner and beverages by Puckett's and live music featuring Austin Tyler Jones. In addition to Their normal programming, they're excited to use this year's event as an opportunity to unveil a brand new, uniquely branded talent attraction campaign for Murray County, which you will not want to miss. Purchase tickets now to guarantee a seat at Murray Alliance's biggest event of the year. You can visit www.murrayalliance.com for more information and for tickets. And now your hometown memorials sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. Kenneth D. Mullinax, 89, a retired employee of Fleming Company and a resident of Columbia, died Sunday, January 15th at Murray Regional Medical Center. Funeral services for Mr. Mullinax will be conducted on Friday at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Neapolis Cemetery. The family will visit with friends on Friday from 11 a.m. until service time at the funeral home. Mr. Billy Jean Harper, 85 owner of Harper's Auto Upholstery and resident of Kalioka, died Wednesday, January 18th at Murray Regional Medical Center. Funeral services for Mr. Harper will be conducted on Saturday at 2 p.m. at Friendship Baptist Church. Burial will follow in Friendship Baptist Cemetery. The family will visit with friends on Saturday from 10 a.m. until service time at the church. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Mrs. Betty Dean Kelly Mash, 86, retired stewardess and clerk, died Thursday, January 19th at Williamson Medical Center. Funeral services for Mrs. Mash are incomplete at this time and will be announced later by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors. Mrs. Betty Lou Wilkes Allred, 96, a retired employee of Murray Manufacturing and Murray Regional Medical Center, died Thursday, January 19th at Murray Regional Medical Center. Funeral services for Mrs. Allred are currently incomplete but will be announced later by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well.
1: At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things. So the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours. And we invite you to experience the difference.
0: Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern middle Tennessee weather, we will have partly cloudy skies today with a high near 50 degrees. Winds will be out of the northwest at five to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect more partly cloudy skies and a low of 27. For your weekend forecast, we will have sunny weather on Saturday, but clouds will be rolling in overnight with rain in the forecast for Sunday. Highs will be in the mid, I'm sorry, highs will be in the high 40s to low 50s and overnight lows will be in the mid 30s. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance... Our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first.
1: For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see shelter agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009.
0: This is Chris Dowdy from Tennessee Children's Home. We are overwhelmed by the support through our move to our new Spring Hill campus. We are excited about the new opportunities that these buildings will provide us to serve at-risk youth. We ask that you will continue to pray for us and those that we serve. We still need your continued support. Visit our website, tennesseechildrenshome.org, to make a donation or learn more about what we're doing to serve at-risk youth in Tennessee.
1: For the love of Tennessee at dawn. For the love of the fight.
0: For the love of having nowhere else you'd rather be. For the love of Tennessee. Travel safe. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Tourist Development, the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. The Tennessee Valley Authority thought it was prepared for the single-digit temperatures and wind from the fierce winter storm that descended days before Christmas, but not a few hour, but Not a few hours into December 23rd, errors had already set off a series of miscalculations and failures that led to the first-ever rolling blackouts across the southeast, leaving 10 million residents frustrated, cold, and questioning the reliability of the federal utility. How did the agency responsible for keeping the lights on in its seven-state region miscalculate the demand for energy and its ability to keep power humming during a major storm? In the weeks since TVA administrators had to rely on rolling blackouts to reduce uh, energy demand, two major setbacks have come to light. Starting at midnight December 23rd the th- and throughout most of the next 48 hours, TVA underestimated the amount of electricity it needed to provide to residents across the region, according to the Energy Information Administration, and a significant number of the power plants TVA planned to fire up proved to be unreliable during the cold weather. Under normal circumstances, the utility can generate more than 32,000 megawatts of energy, a unit TVA uses to measure how much demand for electricity there is and how much they can supply. In addition to the 32,000, TVA can purchase 6,000 more megawatts from neighboring electric grids. A megawatt is enough power to power up 400 to 900 homes in a year. So it shouldn't be that heavy a lift to provide up to 33,425 megawatts, the amount that was needed on a freezing cold December 23rd, even though that marked the highest ever single-day demand TVA had experienced. Going into that stretch of extreme cold weather, TVA knew it would have to draw on all of its resources and plan to run all of its power plants. Then, in the early hours of December 23rd, TVA experienced a major setback. Its largest power plant, the coal-fired Cumberland Fossil Plant, on which it relies consistently, shut down after being damaged by the cold. Events went downhill from there. Unable to keep up with, keep some of its backup natural gas plants or its only big gas plant in East Tennessee running consistently, TVA struggled to keep the lights on. The only category of power plants that did its job uninterrupted, uninterrupted was nuclear plants. Customers and elected officials were furious about the rolling blackouts. They're demanding answers. Why wasn't the utility prepared for every possibility with the weather? Why is the grid so reliant on fossil fuel power plants? Why did those plants fail when they were needed most? Can TVA customers expect to see rolling blackouts again? All this happened in the wake of TVA's decision, confirmed on January 10th, to replace the Cumberland Fossil Plant with a natural gas combined cycle plant, raising questions about whether that's the right option for the future of the power grid. TVA is still reviewing the problems that led to the events before Christmas. It might seem like an isolated incident, but December's chain of events warns of the potential for worsening electricity reliability in the future. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Craft brew enthusiasts will celebrate their biggest night of the year as the Winterfest Beer Blast returns this evening. This year's event will take place starting at 6 p.m. at the factory at Columbia, located at 102 North James M. Campbell Boulevard, with proceeds once again benefiting Columbia Cares Nonprofit. Winterfest Beer Blast will feature a wide selection of craft brews from local breweries, independent brewers, and regional beer makers. There will also be a bourbon and spirits tasting bar. And don't forget to snag some of those infamous rummy gummies, 30 pounds of gummy bears soaked in coconut rum. Tickets to Winterfest Beer Blast are $35 per person, and the event is 21 and up only. It's also the third Saturday of the month this weekend, which means it's time for another Columbia Cars and Coffee. Auto enthusiasts and collectors will gather at the corner of East 7th and Woodland Streets, commonly known as Motor Alley, starting at 7 a.m. on Saturday morning. Columbia Cars and Coffee is free to attend. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back on Monday to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.